You're listening to Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun. Hello, and welcome back to the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun podcast. My name is Sam Brager, Outreach Coordinator for the Utah Lake Commission and your podcast host. This is episode 17 of the Utah Lake Facts, Fiction, and Fun podcast, and it is crazy to think that we are already on episode 17. We really hope you guys have been enjoying the the content that's been put out there on the podcast about projects and about the history of the lake, myths and rumors and such, and the fun that can be had at the lake. Uh, For the episode today, we actually want to tell you a little bit about a visit we made recently to the project site for the Provo River Delta Restoration Project. Now, for those who have not been listening for the podcast for too long, there was an episode we did uh, a couple months ago in March, uh, episode seven, called The Provo River Delta Starts Construction. This project has been in the works for several decades. And finally, this year in 2020, um, in March, they began construction. Um, and this this project is really exciting for the Utah Lake Commission and for various other entities and organizations that are involved for many reasons. Primarily, it is an effort to restore habitat for the endangered June suckerfish, but there are many other benefits that come with this project. The uh, you know One of the slogans that we see often with the project is that it's recovering the June sucker, restoring the natural ecosystem, and improving recreational experiences. So today what happened was we actually went out, uh, our staff, with several other entities who work on projects connected with Phragmites removal. For those who may not know, Phragmites is an invasive weed that Utah Lake and many other water bodies across the state and across the nation are dealing with. Um, It grows very rapidly. It spreads through seeds and also through its root system. It is a pervasive weed, and it crowds out all kinds of aquatic and avian wildlife. Um, It sucks up a lot of water, which Utah Lake doesn't need any help losing on water, with 50% of the water at the lake almost evaporates every year. So, Phragmites efforts is is a big thing at Utah Lake. Uh, The Utah Lake Commission partners with Utah County, as well as several other agencies, and applies for grant funding each year to remove Phragmites at Utah Lake. Our priority area for treatment for the last couple of years and for the next upcoming couple of years is a little bit over 4,300 acres, which is about only half of what needs to be treated. So we're making some significant progress, uh, working with, closely with researchers so that our treatments, our treatment processes are, are up to date. And today's visit uh, was with the Provo River Delta Project uh, proponents, the Utah Mitigation Commission, as well as other entities like DWR were there, um, a professor from USU, someone from Utah County Weed Control, and a variety of other entities. So we toured the Provo River Delta Project site, which is the first time our staff has been out there. Um, I personally have gone out on Skipper Bay Trail. If you've ever been on Skipper Bay Trail before, that actually runs along the lake shoreline and the shoreline edge of the Provo River Delta project. So that trail is still open. If anybody wants to go down there, it's actually uh, the uh, trailhead is on the backside of the state park campground. So if you're going to drive into Utah Lake State Park, you hook a right, right after you come on the bridge and you go up to what's called Boat Harbor Drive. And if you turn left around the back of the state park, you dead end right at the trailhead for Skipper Bay Trail. So Skipper Bay Trail is actually on Skipper Bay Dyke, 
which diked off Skipper Bay. I know, you know, I, I promise I was trying to see how many times I could throw Skipper Bay into that. Um, so with agriculture in the area, they diked actually back, I found out today, back in the 1920s is when the first section of dike was put in and then later work was done up through the 30s and 40s to dike off this bay and be able to open it up for agricultural use. Obviously, it was many years later that then a trail was added to it. And this trail's it's about a, probably a little bit over a mile in length, uh, dead ends out there uh, in the wetland area. It's a great spot for birding. A lot of birders love going through there. And it's uh, got some really pretty views of the lake. Um, so that tr- dike will actually go down. There will be sections of it, looks like uh, four different areas. It will actually be broken down completely to allow more free flow of water between the lake and the Delta project. So about halfway out along the Skipper Bay Dike, the trail will no longer be there. So where we went today, we actually drove out on the berm road that was created for construction access to be able to get the equipment out into the project area. And that berm road is what is going to be the southern boundary of the Provo River Delta project. So we went out through that access there, and that will actually eventually become a trail. So, you know, I mentioned the Skipper Bay Trail is only going to go about halfway out and will be, you know, removed in order to take down the dike in sections for uh, water flow. The trail will then just take a sharp right turn, um, heading instead of north, you'll head east, and actually cut right along the boundary. And so, frankly, it's going to be an improvement. Right now, when you walk the trail, you do see the water on one side and you see the farmland on the other. But now, once the delta goes in, you'll actually be able to get right up on there. There's actually even plans for a bird viewing tower. And you'll be able to have this beautiful view of this, this wonderful restoration project to improve habitat at the lake. So we went out on that road. We were able to get out uh, after parking and go out, walk into the areas where the Delta will be. And if you want to see a map to kind of understand what I'm talking about, the Provo River Delta website is a great resource. Um, it's provoriverdelta.us is the website. We'll make sure we include, include that in the show notes. Um, but on that website, they have the maps for the project. They have videos on updates of what it's going to look like and what the construction timeline is. It's an absolutely wonderful resource for you. Um, so where we went out today, we actually walked on what they, they commonly call swamp mats. So swamp mats are basically large wooden timbers, you know, think railroad ties, that are used to create a low-tech, heavy-duty boardwalk of sorts that heavy equipment can use to access wet, soggy areas like the historic lake bed where the delta is being restored. So Kind of a side note, these swamp mats, kind of an interesting story. They actually purchased them in connection for one of the earlier elements of the construction of the project, which was a Dominion Energy line needed to be recited lower. Uh, the pipe was only about 18 inches below the ground, and uh, in conjunction with this project, uh, it also need, it needed to be lowered. So they actually dug it down, I believe in some areas, as low as 100 feet down. Um, it it was, was relocated significantly lower for this project. So those swamp mats were needed because at the time the land was still very wet. Um, They've been using pumps to try and remove the water, um, but it was pretty bad. And so they used these swamp mats for that project. And then one thing I was really excited to hear is they actually reused them. So instead of purchasing something new, they were able to uh, put these swamp mats out in trails to be able to continue to access it for the Delta work now. But the really cool part was that these swamp mats were placed in the areas where they're going to be excavating. So I don't just mean it was made made it in the area. They literally laid them out in the direction, the shape, winding and curving 
where they're going to need to do it. So when they actually start uh, excavating the Delta features here in the next month or so, what they'll do is just remove a section of swamp mat, dig that, scoot the trucks back, remove a section of swamp mat, dig that. And it's going to be very, very well planned. So we were really impressed that they had thought ahead through that purchase to utilize that purchase well in the swamp mats and also locate them to try and you know maximize efficiency in their work. So we're really excited to see that. And not only are they reusing that material, but another cool thing in the in the tour that we did today was they're actually reusing local vegetation as much as possible. And this is something that's been really important. I know that we actually had some, some questions, some people asked us on social media before about uh, the fact that they're creating this delta, they're removing the non-native species like Phragmites and such. And someone expressed a concern, you know, if they do that and they don't put in vegetation for several years, it's going to be ineffective. So we found out today they actually are. They're kind of doing it in cycles and in phases. As they excavate one area, they'll be putting in uh, not only seed to grow, but also um, actual start. They're actually contracted with some small businesses in the area, and they they took saplings, they took other sources for the vegetation that they contracted to grow that they're going to need because they're going to need thousands and they actually took that and gave that to them to grow. So we're not getting vegetation from somewhere else. We're getting stuff that is Utah Lake native and actually here. Even if it's the same species that could be found somewhere else, they the Mitigation Commission really wanted to utilize vegetation that's acclimated to Utah Lake that we want that has the best chance of succeeding in the area. So I was really excited to see that. Another way that they're reusing it is vegetation or larger vegetation like trees in the area. So if there's anything there that's a deadfall, it's been knocked over, uh, left on the ground and such, they're actually piling those up and saving those in order to use those in, in features of the Delta. And then the live vegetation in the area, so things like the cottonwoods and trees and stuff in the area, they're going to do their best to try and save as many of those as they can. Granted, a lot that's especially out by the dike is probably going to have to go in order to facilitate the delta construction. But where possible, they're going to try and save those trees and reuse them. And again, that's not only smart money, but it's smart because that's part of the habitat that's desirable and already existing there. Um, They're also using vegetation and, and other organic material that's there in the area to order to stimulate it. So they're being very uh, judicious in reusing as much as what is desirable there in the area as possible instead of trying to just get rid of everything and start from scratch. So we were really impressed to see that as a part of the tour. So as we went out and walked around, um, those swamp mats made it really accessible. We were able to kind of follow. Uh, when you look at a map, we kind of followed the berm road out Um, quite a ways and then we were able to cut north uh, across the project area and check out some of the drains that are there Um, some of the there's two pumps one on uh, each end the north and south end that's pumping water out in order to uh, facilitate construction on drier land Um, really cool to see we actually did go out on the skipper bay dike trail for a while and it was really interesting to learn about the variance in elevation so the Skipper Bay Trail, where we went out at the very end of it, uh, I believe they said it was around 4,400, maybe 91 feet in elevation. And I think the trail, uh, the dike gets as high as 4,494-ish. So they'll actually be dropping that down in sections in order to allow more free exchange of the water. Now, they actually did a really cool video on the Pro River Delta website that actually shows what these channels are going to look like when, you know, water levels are really low 
uh, both at the lake and, and water flow, but also the video shows what it's going to look like when it's high. And I think this is a great representation to help people understand what this these water features are going to look like. And we've had some people ask before uh, if they'd be able to get a, a motorboat in there. This is you know, it, legally, that's going to be up to the state once they take ownership of the project, uh, as Melissa Stamp mentioned back in episode seven. However, this is really designed for wildlife and also for non-motorized craft. So I can only imagine as we walked through and saw this beautiful vegetation, the birds that were there today and heard them singing, it would be a really awesome kayaking trip or paddleboarding trip. So really excited to see what that looks like you know recreational features those aren't going to be coming in until um 2023 um, remember this project is on a, a five-year project timeline right now they're working on constructing they did the, the access road berm and then they're starting work on excavating the delta ponds and the river channel and also the delta gateway park in partnership with provo city uh, that's also starting but for the most of 2021 and 2022 it's going to be the excavation of the delta ponds and the river channel you know once we move towards 2022 and the end of that that's where they're going to start lowering the skipper bay dike so that is when in 2022 that the skipper bay trail will no longer go all the way out um i imagine for a time being it's going to just be that half length until the project is finalized and then the trail would continue on the berm on the south southern border um, also in 2022 at the end of the year is when is scheduled to divert the river so it's important to remember they're not 100 diverting the river the majority of the flows are going to go through this delta, but there will be flows that will be maintained on the existing channel, and many recreational amenities are going to be added there. Fishing stations, kayak and canoe put-ins, it's going to be a great recreational amenity, uh, definitely an improvement. In 2023, uh, on the timeline, that's when the final construction of the diversion structure that diverts the water is going to happen, the recreational amenities will be put in, uh, there'll be an aeration system added to the existing channel, um, the berms and trails will be completed, and the rest of the Delta Gateway Park will be completed at the diversion. Also, that's when the dam will go in on the existing channel of the Provo River. There is going to be a dam down near Utah Lake State Park. And the purpose of that is to, one, control the lower channel and make it a more consistent level of water, as well as control you know, how much of the, the lake water enters. Um, and that dam will also be finished in 2024 in that final year of construction. So great stuff happening this year. We really enjoyed touring the project. Uh, it was a great discussion about doing weed management um, for Phragmites and other species. Uh, there'll be some great partnerships between the Utah Mitigation Commission, uh, Division of Wildlife Resources, Utah County, the Utah Lake Commission, and others in order to ensure that the best possible processes are followed to get rid of undesirable vegetation and develop uh, wonderful vegetation in this area for the habitat and wildlife. Some other cool updates that are happening right now. If you drive down to the area of the Provo River Delta project, um, they actually recently installed two signs, one at the construction entrance on Boat Harbor Drive and the other just off of the Lakeview Parkway. That's that new road um, that's coming in by the new Provo High School. Uh, at about 620 north um, to basically, it's got a map so you could actually go check it out. Those maps, again, are on their website. But kind of help people, you know, raise awareness and understand what this great project is that's going in and what those vehicles are doing out there. Uh, but definitely the local community is going to benefit from these enhanced outdoor recreation opportunities, protected open space, and 
all Utahns are going to benefit because the project ensures important water delivery projects linked to the June Sucker recovery stay on track. And that's something that was actually brought up in Episode 7 with Melissa Stamp and in Episode 8 with Mike Mills from the June Sucker Program effort, that a lot of these recovery efforts, not only are important for the sake of taking care of the wildlife, but they're also necessary in order to allow the water projects that are needed to provide drinking water to residents in Utah County. Those projects could not go forward without efforts to protect the endangered June sucker. So we're really excited to see that happening. Some other kind of cool shout outs from the Mitigation Commission in connection with this project um, was some great partnerships. And there's three that they highlighted. One was the Dominion Energy effort, which we mentioned already at the beginning of the episode today, um, where they relocated that pipe, uh, that natural gas pipeline significantly deeper in order to ensure uh, that it traversed the Delta property um, in a manner that's safe. Um, The second one, uh, there's actually, well, the second and third are actually with Provo City. Uh, the first was that Provo City Power was a great partner, and the Mitigation Commission wanted to thank them. They actually helped move uh, three new osprey nesting platforms onto lands north of the Delta um, to replace two that were within uh, the project area but were in the way of construction. So Provo Power was a great help in moving those in order to uh, maintain those nesting platforms for osprey in the area. And the third one there with Provo City 2 was uh, the fill agreement that they have with the Mitigation Commission. So Provo City is working on a regional sports park in the area uh, nearby. And this agreement between the two entities basically moves fill that's been in this area that needs to be taken out in the excavation of the Delta and its channels and takes it nearby to the sports park. So it's actually saving both projects millions of dollars potentially in the material haul off and import costs. So that was a great development that, that occurred this year. They're really excited. Um, so our staff really enjoyed being out there for this tour. Um, the weather was beautiful for it. Uh, we had some great uh, conversations, as we mentioned, between the various entities about managing the weeds in the area and making sure that the proper vegetation comes in. We're very excited to see this project keep moving forward. Like we mentioned in the year 2020, um, if you were to visit the site, you'll continue to see excavation um, of the Delta ponds and channels, most likely in the Southwestern area of the project. Um, That seems to be the driest spot right now with the high water levels we've had. Uh, I actually just checked yesterday. uh, Utah Lake was about five inches below full still. So heading into the first week of June, that's actually really good. Our our peak heights are typically in June and then we tend to uh, drop normal. Normally, a, a typical year is a fluctuation of two to three feet um, as we move through the rest of the summer and into the fall. Um, so hopefully, as those water levels drop, that's going to make uh, the pumps more effective in the project area and allow them to access more of the area they need to continue work uh, on those excavations. So if you want to have more information about the Provo River Delta project, as we mentioned before, their website's a great resource, provoriverdelta.us. Again, that's provoriverdelta.us. We'll put that link in the show notes. Um, If you have questions about this project, they have a frequently asked questions page um, on that website, or you're welcome to reach out to us. Uh, The Utah Lake Commission, a part of our role at Utah Lake is acting as a liaison uh, between the various entities and organizations, private and public that work at the lake, and also with you as the public. And so if you have questions, uh, you want to try and clarify something, feel free to reach out to us about this topic or really any other topic that has to do with Utah Lake. And you can find our contact information on our website, utahlakecommission.org. 
Um, really appreciate you guys listening in. We'd love to hear if you have additional ideas for episodes. Just visit our website, utilitycommission.org forward slash podcast and let us know what you'd like us to cover. We love finding out new topics to talk about at Utah Lake and we want to make sure we're sharing what you want to hear. If you heard something you liked in this episode, please subscribe to the podcast and leave us a review. While you're at it, take a second and share this episode with someone else you think would like it. Help us spread the word about the facts, fiction, and fun of Utah Lake. You've been listening to Utah Lake, facts, fiction, and fun. For more information and resources, visit utahlakecommission.org forward slash podcast. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.